What's up, church? How you guys doing? Doing good? Yeah, so good to have you guys uh, here with us. Come on, let's uh, just say a big welcome and big clap of hands to everybody that is visiting us today. Everybody that is watching us online or on cable TV, I just want to say welcome. So glad that you guys are here with us. If you don't know who I am, I'm Pastor Deej. I'm one of the pastors here at Connect Me to Church. And I'm just so glad to be here, to be on this stage and sharing a few things that God has put in my heart with you this morning. And I want to give honor to where honor is due. And our lead pastor, Derek Fry, where is he? Way back here. Way back there. Here we go. I just want to say thank you, Pastor, for allowing me to be on this stage and for sharing this stage with me. Um, it's, uh, it's really an honor uh, to be on this stage and speaking to all y'all. Come on, let's give God a big hand. You know, we are in a series called Don't Do Life Alone. Look to your neighbor say, don't do life alone. You know, week number one, PD talked about uh, the life of Moses and, and, and how his life drastically changed when Aaron, his, his uh, older brother, came into his life. You know, Aaron, uh, he talks about the attributes and the characteristics of, of Aaron when, uh, um, you know, like people that, are, that come alongside you, people that are, are rooting for you, they are really there to support you and to cheer you on and, and, and not against what the vision that God has for you, but pro-vision um, as, as a provision of God. And it was really a great message. And then last week, which, which was the second week of the series, Jason Gosselin did a great job, and he was talking also about Aaron, but not necessarily about finding uh, uh, an Aaron, but becoming an Aaron, you know, just like working on our emotional status, you know, making sure that we're emotionally healthy in order for us to become an Aaron to somebody, to come in and support people in their dreams and their vision and their purpose in life. But today, we're not talking about Aaron, okay? We're not talking about Aaron. We're talking about parenting. Come on, look to your neighbor and say parenting. parenting. All right, if your mom or your dad are next to you, just look at them and say, this is going to be good, dad. This is going to be good, mom. All right, so again, we're not talking about Aaron, even though we can say, you know, let's talk about shaping little Aaron's into life. But um, we're not going to go with that. So you can get your worship guides out. You can follow on new versions. It's pretty easy and simple for you to find our services there. But let me, let me tell you something. This is for all of you, okay? Even though we're talking about parenting, before you kind of check, check out and say, well, I'm not a father, I'm not a mother, so this doesn't apply to me. This is for all of you. This is for every single one here. How many people here are parents? Raise your hand. All right, keep them raised. Keep them raised. Keep them raised. All right, in addition to that, whoever didn't raise your hands, how many people here that didn't raise their hands um, want to be parents one day? Many more. All right, keep them raised. Keep them raised. Almost everybody. Not everybody quite yet. How many here know people that are parents? All right, that's everybody. That's everybody. So it applies to you. If you raise your hand, this applies to you. You know, you can see things as, as I'm going to be, you know, talking a little bit. Um, you can see things from the perspective of a parent. Uh, of a mother or a father, you can see things from the perspective of a mentor, of somebody that is pouring into the next generation. Or you can see things from the perspective of a son or of a daughter. So what I'm going to share with you, be sharing with you, it's our principles that really work in our lives and, and, and does amazing things if we just let it. You know, many of us think that sometimes investing or learning about parenting or about mentorship sometimes can be just a waste of time. Because we just don't have enough time. We don't have enough time in our days because our lives are so crazy. Isn't it right? But then eventually we justify by thinking, you know, I was a kid once. And I turned out okay. So, you know, 
I was a kid once, I turned out a kid, I can manage a kid, I can, I can lead my family. Um, but that's the same thing as saying, you know, I had surgery once and therefore I can perform one. You know, you and I know that doesn't work like that. Or I bought my car, I paid for it, and if it breaks, I can fix it. It doesn't work like that. Believe me, I tried. It doesn't work like that. But again, we have a tendency of doing that. And listen, I, 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 don't, I don't mean to be here and pretend I have all the, the answers, because I really don't. I really don't have all the answers. I'm desperate for the answers, and that's one of the reasons why I'm here. Because I have a six-year-old and a two-year-old. I mean, I think you're, you can see the, look at those. Look at them. Oh, my babies. <laughs> see, the one on the left, that's David. You can see he's always planning something. <laughs> the one on the right, that's my two-year-old. The one on the right is my six-year-old, Lucas. Always looking out for his little brother. Yeah, so, so awesome. Uh, this next picture, look at this. This is priceless. This is priceless. Uh, yeah, to get to that picture, though, that was a challenge. It was really a challenge. But again, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to pretend that I have it all figured out. I'm very hungry for the answers because, I, I mean, as you see, I have those two little, little cuties that I have to care for and I have to, to, to raise uh, uh, along with my wife, Sarah. But, um, you know, and I'm very fortunate, too, for having people that I follow, having people that I look and, and I see success in their lives and I follow. Like one of them is Pastor Derek Fry and Stacy, our lead pastor. Uh, you know, they have four kids. Three of them are amazing. Um, <laughs> Devin, Devin is still a question mark, but we're working on it. I'm kidding. They're amazing kids. They're amazing kids. And, and I see results, so I follow it. I follow it. You know, I lead a, a, a parenting group called Parenting on Purpose. It's a great, great group. Lots of great resources. Here we go. Uh, and uh, so I've been learning a whole lot. And, and, and I, I have um, Paula and uh, Jeff Cunio as my co-leaders of that group. And they have kids that have already gone to college. They are getting married and, and, and all of that stuff. And they are ahead of me. So I have to find people that are ahead of me in order for me to learn with them. And, and that's one of the reasons why I'm here is to share some of the things that I've learned along the way. Can I have an amen? amen. All right. So let, 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 me just, let me just open up in prayer. God, thank you so much, Lord, for... For this opportunity, God, to share with you what you put in my heart. God, I pray that you prepare every single heart here to receive exactly what you have for them. God, I pray that you meet them exactly where they're at, including myself. I pray that you speak to me and you speak through me, God. Make my words your words, God. And help us to not only have this service as an informational service, God, but let it be transformational. Let us... Just uh, get this information, God, and put it to practice, Lord, and become wisdom. Wisdom is knowledge applied. So I pray, Lord, that you just help us to do that in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 You know, I remember when uh, we first got the news, you know, I first got the news that, that we were pregnant, uh, that we were expecting. And I remember just, like, going to CVS, and, and I spent my whole paycheck in uh, pregnancy tests. And, and I, got, I got like, uh, you know, like 15 gallons of water and I got home and I told Sarah, Sarah, start, drink up, drink up. You know, we're going to need to make sure that this is right. You know, and I told her, I, mean, I would help you, but I don't think it works that way. It needs to be you. But I remember just being, you know, once I saw all of the signs and all of the little crosses, whatever they were, I forgot already. I think it's a blocked memory. But, um, but I remember, I remember just like laying down in bed and I was kind of paralyzed, you know, I was so... So uh, I couldn't move. I couldn't move my legs. I couldn't move my arms. And I just had this smile on my face. I couldn't wipe it off. Uh, it was just weird. I don't know how it was for me, but that's how, uh, how it was for you. But, it, but that's how it was for me. 
And then you start the planning stages later, right? These planning stages later, you're planning the baby's room, you're planning this, this, and that. And then you get to the point of uh, choosing the baby's names. How many of you remember that, that phase? You know, funny thing about that phase is that that's when you realize how many people you don't like. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. That, like, we didn't go through because we love everybody, okay? But you probably did. And, and it was a lot of fun, I guess. I guess. You know? And, then, and life just gets busier and busier and crazier and crazier. Sometimes we think it's going to get, you know, easier, but it doesn't. It just gets busier. It just gets crazier. And I, I know this is a great encouragement for you, you know, moms or fathers-to-be, but it's the truth. It's the truth. It just gets crazier. But it's crazy awesome, let me tell you. It's very rewarding to be a parent. But as we grow, uh, it gets busier, and some of y'all keeps on having baby. You know, some of y'all keep on having babies. How many here have four babies or more, four kids or more? God bless you guys. You guys are courageous. You know, I once asked, I asked somebody that has four kids, what was it like to have the fourth child? And his answer was, oh, imagine yourself drowning in the middle of the ocean, <laughs> drowning in the middle of the ocean, and somebody hands you a baby. You know, that's what it feels like to have, to have the fourth child. But I remember, you know, when Lucas was probably about eight or nine months old and, and I was on daddy duty. So I was in his room and on the rocking chair. By the way, I hate the rocking chair because it makes me nauseous. Um, you know, back and forth, back and forth. But I was just like holding him and, and calming him down. And, and then he eventually he fell asleep and I was just hearing the sound of his, you know, breathing. And, and it was very peaceful. But then it hit me. It hit me all at once. You know, the responsibility of being a father. The responsibility that I have this little thing, this little, little tiny baby right on top of me right here that depends on me and Sarah for everything. It depends on me for eating. depends on me for, um, you know, changing him and, and for moving him from one room to the other. Everything. Everything. It depends on me for everything. So even though, even though on the, outside, on the uh, inside, on the outside, sorry, was, uh, was peaceful and quiet, inside of me in that moment I was like, oh, my gosh. I don't know what to do. Yeah, because I was desperate. I was, I was desperate because I was just like freaking out because of the responsibility that finally it hit me. And for a while, I was just in this mode of surviving. You know, if I can survive today, you know, thank you, God, for today. And the next day, you know, survive again, survive again. But eventually, I started to think more and more about my responsibility. And my responsibility, as a, as, especially as a man, is to lead my home. Not only lead, lead my home financially, emotionally, and all of that, but also spiritually. Spiritually, to be the, the priest of the home, like the Bible says. You know, to be the pastor of the home. And that is a very heavy responsibility once, once you start to really think about it and process it. And for a while, again, I was so focused on, the, on survival mode. But then eventually, I came to realize one thing. It took me a while, but I, I came to realize one thing. that, And this is today's big idea. To pass on... What God has for the next generation, we must parent with the future in mind. And again, you can change the word parent to mentor. You can change that uh, depending on what stage of life that you are. To pass on what God has for the next generation, we must parent with the future in mind. And the key text for today is found in Psalm 71, 17, and 18. It says this, God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood. And then it goes on to say, let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles 
to all who come after me. To all who come after me. Now hear me on this. And I'm going to get a little strong here. But bear with me. Especially when it comes to the fathers in the house. You know, like we, we watch TV a lot. And, and you see these sitcoms or comedy shows or reality shows nowadays. Very popular. Or these uh, building shows. Like I like to watch HGTV. And, and you see like, you know, mom and dad or, or husband and wife. And they're in the process of remodeling a house or something. And, and usually... Usually what you see is a very dysfunctional family. Usually you see, you know, a, a kid that is a little brat, you know, just asking for this, 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 and that, and, and parents don't do anything about it. They try to brush it off. And then the kid goes to the father, and the father goes like, oh, I don't know, just ask your mother, you know. i got to ask your mother. You know, why, why don't you go and ask your mother? Because, you know, I don't want to be involved. You know, either that, and then the mother's calling all the shots. You know, yeah, do this, do this, do this, do this. No, no, this is, this is ugly, even though it was his idea. It's not even acknowledged. Uh, whatever, whatever the deal is. Or sometimes you see shows where, where, where kids are really running the show and the parents are completely clueless. Isn't that right? Now, it's funny to watch that on TV. You know, I laugh every now and then. But when you see that in reality, it's really not that funny. It's really not that funny. So my call to you, my, my call to you parents, especially fathers, Let's have a moment that we just wake up and realize what the responsibility that we have as fathers, as parents. And make sure that we're doing everything that we can to raise our kids to be champions for God in this crazy world. Can I have an amen? amen. All right, so what I'm going to share with you again is just great principles that if applied right can, can, can give you a lot of fruit. Can give you a lot of fruit. And you can see this again as, as, as a mentor. You can see this. As, as a son or a daughter, but especially as parents, we need to see this and we need to pay attention to these things. And so, yeah, we have to parent with the future in mind. But how do we do that? How do we go about it? And this is your first, uh, first item right here. Be an active, not a passive parent. Be an active, not a passive parent. We're going to talk about a Bible character that everybody knows. It's one of the most famous Bible characters in the Bible. His name is David, King David. David, as everybody knows, he was an amazing king. He was the best king that Israel ever had. He was extremely wise. He was um, a very good strategist. He was a psalmist. He wrote all the psalms. He was a writer. He was a worshiper. He was very courageous. He was very humble. He, uh, he was very strong. He, 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 he took down a lion by himself. He took down a bear by himself. He took down Goliath. While the entire nation of Israel were, were, were trembling in their feet, he went down just with a sling and a stone, and he took down Goliath. So everybody knows those amazing stories about him, and he's, he was an amazing man of God. According to the Bible, he was, he was a, man's, a, a man after God's heart. Isn't, isn't it right? However, what a lot of people don't know is that he was a terrible father. He was a terrible father. He was a failure as a father. If you know the story, um, he had a son called Amnon. And, and, and his son, Amnon, was kind of enamored. He was attracted to his half-sister, Tamar. So he followed a very well-crafted plan and ended up uh, getting um, um, Tamar in his room and ended up raping her. Yeah, he, did, he, he raped her. And after that, uh, Absalom, the full brother of Tamar, two years later, it took him two years to do this, but two years later he came out and he uh, killed his brother Amnon because of what he did to Tamar. And then Absalom, a few years later, 
try to take the, the throne out of David's hands. And in the process, ended up being killed. And then later in life, uh, David had another son called uh, Adonijah. And Adonijah tried to take the throne from David, but then quickly David passed the throne to Solomon, King Solomon. And then he tried again a second time under Solomon's rule and ended up getting killed in the process. Why am I telling you this? Why am I telling you this depressing story about his, his, his parenthood? Number one, it makes you appreciate your family. Because I know it's not whatever dysfunction you have in your family, because I think we all have, you know, a little bit of dysfunction in our families. But it's not that bad as this one. Number one. Number two. Number two. This it just shows how passive and how not active he was in his parenthood. David was. Look at this. The Bible says here in First uh, Kings 1.6. It doesn't give us a whole lot of uh, uh, perspective on David's parenthood, but this one verse really does. This is talking about Adonijah. Uh, it says, now his father, Adonijah's father, King David, had never disciplined him at any time. Not just when he did those big things, but at any time. Any time. He never disciplined his kids. Ever. Even by asking, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? That's, that's one of the reasons why Absalom... Uh, ended up trying to take the throne out of David because while everything that happened between Amnon and Tamar, David did nothing. The Bible says that he got angry, but that's it. He didn't take any action. He was not active parent. He was very passive parent, and he was as passive as a parent can be. David didn't mean to neglect his sons. He, he didn't mean to, you know, I'm going to start a family and, and I'm going to fail it. He didn't mean to do that. He didn't mean, he didn't fail parenting on purpose, but he did fail to parent on purpose because he had no purpose in his parenting. It wasn't a priority to him. We are called to be active parents, not passive parents. We are called to be intentional parents, not just accidental parents. You know, we are intentional, intentional about so many things. You know, like whenever we're going to buy a house, you look into property values, you look into the school systems, you look, at, look into taxes, you know, uh, whatever, you know, the projected growth of that town is and X, Y, and Z. There's so many factors that you look when you're going uh, to go buy a house. Isn't that right? We are intentional about that. When you're going to buy a car, you decide whether you're going to buy it or lease it. If you're going to lease it, you need to, you know, look at the residual value of that car after the lease is done. If you're going to buy it, you look into the depreciation rate of that car, you know, the maintenance cost, the projected maintenance cost of that car over the life of whatever, three, four, five years. You do your homework, don't you? Whenever we're going to buy even a mattress, it's something so simple. You know, we do our homework, you know. I mean, I have a little story about me buying a mattress, um, that that could be a sermon in itself, but um, I'll just I'll just cut to the chase and tell you that you know I went to this store and I was told that in order for you to buy a mattress you have to lay down on it for you know at least like ten minutes or so you you don't you don't just lay down and say oh this is good because you need to see how your body reacts to it and all that so but I'm a parent right I'm a parent and I'm always tired so <laughs> I went to the store and I laid down a little bit uh, to, you know to feel you know this mattress and I really like that particular one and. Um, and then approximately an hour and 45 minutes later, I wake up. <laughs> yeah, so I wake up, and I was, like, in the most comfortable position, and, you know, my shirt was probably up on my neck already, and, and I, by the way, I woke up with my own snore, you know, probably drooling a little bit, and it was horrible, and, and meanwhile, a lot of customers shopping, 
So it was a very embarrassing moment. But nonetheless, I did my homework. I was intentional. I ended up buying another mattress and, you know, less me a year, uh, probably about a dollar a day. And it was a horrible idea. And some other people followed me into that. And they're still, you know, verdict is still out there for that mattress. But anyways, we, we are intentional in doing these things. And, but sometimes when it comes to our kids, we are not that intentional. When it comes to parenting, we are not that intentional. We, we just, you know, react to things as they happen. We just, whatever happens, you know, I'll deal with it when, when, when it happens. You know, sometimes we use that phrase, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. And I understand that because there are some things that you don't, you don't want to rush, you know, our kids or our lives into because we, we will cross that bridge when we get there. But the problem is that in order for you to cross the bridge, one has to have a bridge. Can I have an amen? So we got to be building that bridge as we go. So let's be active and not passive in our parenting. Amen, everybody? All right, number two, focus on relationships. Focus on relationships. And this is where I'm going to camp uh, the most here. You know, I've counseled lo lots of people over the years. And every time that people come to my office, we're going to sit down and talk about whatever issues going on in their lives. And typically that's a symptom of a, a deep-rooted you know, issue, and I try to get to the root issue because otherwise it will just resurface later. And I usually just ask a series of questions, and sometimes they already know what it is, or sometimes they don't, they don't know, and then eventually we figure it out. But as, as, as I'm talking to them, I'll tell you what I've never heard, you know. I never, I never heard somebody say, you know, when I missed my football practice, that's when my life went wrong. That's when everything went wrong. I never heard anyone say that. You know, I never heard anyone say, you know, when I went to my trip uh, uh, to Paris and I got there and they, they misplaced my luggage, that's when everything went south. I never heard that happen. Never heard that happen. You know, when my mom gave me an Android phone instead of an iPhone, that's when, you know, life did, did a number on me. But I can see that happening perhaps, but <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I never saw that happen. But every time, every time, it comes down to a person. It comes down to a relationship. So we got to focus on relationships. Yet, this is not what we do. Yet, we are so focused on just experience after experience after experience. Many of us are growing or have grown and are raising our kids to be a very experience-rich kids, but very relationally poor. Many of us are raising our kids to be just like that. Mom has to take kid one to... You know, karate at 4 o'clock. And then another kid, too, needs to be at swimming at 5 o'clock. Kid 3 will pick up kid 4, drop them off at the mall, go to the movies, pick them up later, and then eventually go home. Everybody having dinner separately. Dad is out of the picture. He's working his fifth job in order to pay for all of those classes. But we are very experience-rich full, uh, experience-rich life, but not necessarily relationship-rich. Relationship and we do all of that without sometimes having a meal together as a family. We do that sometimes without having FaceTime to check in with our kids to see where they are relationally, either between us or between them and other people. And it's crazy. And I get it. Some, many of us may think, you know, like I am not where I wanted to be in life because I didn't go through this, 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 and that. You know, I would be much better off if I had done this, this, and that. Some of us will parent from the paradigm of, you know, I want my kid to have everything that I didn't have in, the, in my childhood. And I understand that. And I relate to that. There are things that I want my kids to have that I, that I didn't have, I couldn't have uh, in my past. 
But then the problem is that very often these things are the wrong things. Very often these things, even if they are, they're not bad, but they come at the cost or at the expense of relationships. And we have to be careful so that doesn't happen. Because then eventually when, you know, little Johnny gets in, problem, gets in trouble in school and you're called to the principal's office and then you, you really want to be there for them, right? You, we're not there at all, but then all of a sudden we have to be there. We're kind of forced to be there. And then we show up with an attorney, you know, to the school. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen that happen. Not me, but I've seen that happen. You know, we show up with an attorney. Why am I telling you this? Because typically we end up overreacting to situations simply because we're under-involved. We are under-involved and we end up overreacting. So you see the example of David being completely not, like completely absent from the kids' lives. And you, but then also, you know, on the first message, P.D. was talking about Moses uh, 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 and, and Pharaoh, again, overreacting. You know, he did something and all of a sudden he, he needs to be found and he needs to be killed. His own son. Just two extremes. Why? Because we end up overreacting when we are under-involved. But God is challenging us to change that. God is challenging us to make sure that we are in relationship and building, strengthening relationship with our kids and making sure that we keep our you know, finger in the pulse when it comes to that. Now, there's something that is true for you and I and everybody in this room. There's an equation that can really just explain exactly who you are. And this is it. We are the sum total of three things. Our decisions, our experiences, and our relationships. We have three parts to this equation. Decisions, the decisions that, 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 that we made in the past, good or bad. The experiences that we've had in, in our past up until now, good or bad. And the relationships. But the, the experiences and the decisions were directly related and impacted by the relationships we had or didn't have in the past. Imagine one thing with me for a second. Do you know what a, a sound mixing board is? You know, like we have one in the back, and, and, and Art and Scott do a great job every single Sunday trying to get a, a balanced mix. You know, you put a little, a little more vocal, a little less, you know, guitar, a little more uh, keyboard, a little less drums and stuff like that to get a nice mix. So they, they dial things in, dial things out to make sure we get a good mix. Now imagine for a second if you could go back in time in pivotal points in your life. Okay, points, points in life that, that really change the trajectory, change the direction of your life. And imagine if you, could, if you could see a mixing board, but instead of sound, it's actually a relational, a relationship mixing board. And imagine if you could just go and tweak things a little bit. What if in college, perhaps, you could have, you know, dialed up a little bit your relationship with your parents and maybe dial down the relationship with your crazy roommates that kind of led you down a weird path. And, and, and some of us are paying for that mistake up until now. What if you could have done that? How different would your life have been? What if we could go back in time to critical moments, again, that defined, define who we are today. And maybe dial up the relationship with your spouse. And maybe dial down the relationship with the girl or boy next door. Or maybe dial down the relationship with the internet. Some of us just call that a relationship. Hmm. Imagine that for a second. Imagine how, uh, how it would be if you could go back in time and dial up your relationship with your pastor. Dial up your relationship with your mentor or an overseer of some sort. And then maybe dial down the relationship with that person that called 
himself your best friend and eventually went into business with, and then eventually he stole all your money, and he disappeared. Imagine how different your life would be. Imagine how much more you would have accomplished by now if you could go back and change these things. But the truth is we can't. We can't go back and change things. But the good news is that those relationship dials are still here. They are still here. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter. They're still here. You can still dial in, dial up your relationship with the key people in your life that you have to have. And I'm going to show you, you know, three uh, main categories of relationships that we need to be make, making sure that we are paying attention to. But life would be very different. Now, our kids are the same thing. They are today, it doesn't matter what age they are, they are today the, 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 the result of their experiences, their decisions, and their relationships. And they will be in the future. Now, what can we do about it as parents? We cannot control every decision they make. You know, if we, if we, if we are raising them with that in mind, it, it's very short-lived. Very short-lived. Because eventually, once they are able to get out from under control, they will. We need to be able to switch from control to influence as quickly as possible and effectively as possible. Because then we can maintain that for the rest of their lives. But if we are control-minded, uh, um, it, it doesn't really work that well. It doesn't work that well. But if we do that, if we, if we pay attention to relationships, it really affects everything else. Because, again, everything is, is, it goes back to, it relates to relationships. Now, the three categories of relationships that I want to talk to you about today. First one is this, relationship with God. And this is in your notes. Relationship with God. This is the most important one that we need to make sure that we address and that we are paying attention to. The Bible gives us lots of scriptures and principles to use when attempting to bring, you know, our relationship to the right mix. Especially with God. You know, to the right balance. He gives us a lot of insight on how to establish and how to strengthen our relationship with God. But for today, I decided to pick one specific verse. It's called Proverbs 3.5. Proverbs 3.5. It's a very common verse. Everybody knows it. It says this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. You know? That's very comforting for me because I know that if, if I teach my kids to surrender to God, if I teach my kids to surrender every area of their lives to God, okay, if, they, if I teach them to trust in the Lord and lean not on their own little understanding, I know that God will come alongside them. You know, I don't know about you, but if I want a partner in raising my kids, I want that to be God. That's the best one. That's the best one. How great is it to know that God will do that? But it really starts with us doing everything we can to enhance their relationship with God. And sometimes we have to enhance ours or even establish ours you know, in order for, for us to be able to do that effectively. And what does it mean? How, how does it look like? What, is, what does it look like? Number one, build your home on the Bible as the foundation. Build your home on the Bible as the foundation. The Bible says in Psalm 127.1, it says, Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is what? Wasted. It's wasted. Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless God is involved in the process, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You might be able to survive as a family, but you're not going to thrive. And I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in just surviving. You know? I don't, I don't want to get to... 
later in my life and, and look at my wife and say, we survived. I want to thrive. I want to thrive. God has called us to be conquerors. God has called us to thrive in life. But unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 24, this is the message translation. It says this, these words are sp- I speak to you are not in- incidental additions to your life. It, they're not homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are what? Foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life and you're like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. And he goes, on, he goes on to say, you know, whenever the rains come, whenever the floods come, the winds come, there's a meaning for all, the, all of those things and I'm not going to get into now. But whenever those things come, your house will still stand. Why? Because it was built in the solid rock of the word of God. Can I have an amen? amen. To strengthen your relationship with God, we also have to teach our kids to do the same. It goes beyond the meal prayer. It goes beyond the meal prayer. You know, my kids know how to pray this. You know, thank you, God, for the food. Make it a good nourishment and strength for our bodies. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, sometimes we think that we're being so spiritual just by doing that. But it goes beyond that. In order for us to teach them the word of God and to rely on the word of God, it goes beyond that. We need to be focused on having devotions with our kids. We need to be focused on reading the Bible with our kids. We need to be focused on singing worship songs with our kids. Having worship songs just playing around in the house, it does wonders because they are like sponges. They are soaking it up. They are soaking it up. And it's definitely influencing them in a, in a great way. And as they grow and they present their little dilemmas, you know, their little problems in school or whatever it is, or maybe at work when they're a little older, you know, what do we do? We need to direct them to the one that has all the answers, and that is God. We need to direct them to the Bible and ask, you know, what, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say about this? If they don't know, you tell them. If you don't know, look it up with them. Teach them how to look it up. I don't, I don't have all the answers. Very often, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at stuff in the Bible, and I want to teach my kids to do the same. Because there, was, there will be a day that that is not going to be there with them. And they're going to have to figure out what to do. And I want them to go to the right source. Can I have an Amen. We need to teach our kids what the Bible says, to trust God, to build upon and rely on our relationship with Him. And we do that also by teaching and modeling it. Modeling it. Teach and model it. Remember that your kids are professional imitators. They imitate everything that you do. You know, do you talk to God about your kids? Or to your kids? Or close to your kids? Do you pray in front of your kids or do you pray with your kids? They will imitate and they will model after you. The Bible talks about us putting our trust in God. If we want to prepare them for the future, we got to make sure that we help them to put their trust in God. The Bible says in Psalm 37.4, says, Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Romans 8.28 says that all things happen for the good of those that are, love God and are called according to his purpose. Psalm 28, 7 says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. Why am I telling you this? Because if we know the word of God, whenever trouble strikes, we we need to meditate on these things. So whenever trouble strikes you, what do you do? Do you run to God or do you run from God? Do you bless and trust the Lord or do we curse the Lord? Hmm, our kids are watching. You know, I hope someone could one day tell me, what the Apostle Paul told Timothy. 
you know, he said to Timothy, but you must remain faithful. This is in 2 Timothy 3.14. You must remain faithful to the things that you've been taught. You know they are true, for you know that you can trust those who taught you. Talking about the parents. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. I'm very fortunate to stand here today and be able to say that about me. About me. The fact that I was taught the Scriptures from early childhood. My parents are sitting in the audience somewhere here. And, and I, I remember every single day witnessing them reading the Bible, witnessing them talking about God, witnessing them praying every day of my life. Not just the meal prayer, but praying for people. There they are. Praying for people, praying for, for, for me, praying for my brother, praying for my sister, praying for the church. Really, really a close relationship with God. And I am who I am today. A huge part because of what they did, the investment that they did on me. And I'm so grateful for that. All right, which then leads me to the next point, which is relationship with parents. So relationship with God is the first one. Second one, relationship with parents. Now, when it comes to the second category, you know, uh, here's what the Bible says. There's a lot of verses that addresses this, but I, I pick one specifically that we can look at today. Ephesians 6, 4 says this. Fathers or parents or mentors do not exasperate, which means don't anger, don't irritate, don't frustrate to the point of alienation. Don't exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instructions of the Lord. Bring them up in the training and instructions of the Lord. This is what it's saying. Do nothing to alienate your kids. Do nothing to sever your relationship with them. Don't do anything that will threaten you losing influence over them. And it goes to say, instead, bring them up. Bring them up. This is literally saying nurture them, which is a highly relational, highly involved process. Nurture them in the word of God, you know, by following the instructions of God. That's what it says. Now, very often, we can be a little over-involved, and then we lose influence. So what I'm telling you now is, you know, don't be so absent from their lives that you end up losing influence. Don't be so uh, uh, interfering or controlling that you lose influence. Don't do anything that threatens uh, you losing influence over them. Control will only help us to change their behavior. And it works for a certain amount of time, but we never get to their hearts. Control will never change their hearts, which in turn change behavior. If we always aim at their hearts, good behavior will follow. It's a byproduct of it. But if we aim at good behavior only, we end up losing both in the process. God gives us so much in just one little verse. Isn't that right? And the, th the, the third one is this, relationship with people. Relationship with people. Third category, relationship with people outside of our homes. Key verse for that is Proverbs 13, 20. And it says this, He who walks with the wise man will be wise. But the companion of fools will be what? Destroyed. Destroyed. One thing we've heard PD say many times is, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And that is so accurate. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Not necessarily just the people you hang out with in school. Yeah, of course. We, we are called to be the salt of the earth. In order for us to be the salt of the earth in season, you know, this generation that we're in today, we need to be in the earth. So I'm not saying, you know, just uh, I'm going to hang out with Christian friends only. No. But, you know, watch carefully 
who is playing an influence in your kids' lives. Watch carefully who is playing an influence in your life. Be mindful that influence is always taking place. Every interaction that you have, influence is taking place. You're either influencing somebody or somebody's influencing you. The only time that that doesn't happen when you guys are sitting down together and watching a movie. Then you're being influenced by the movie. But influence is always, always taking place. But the question is, who is influencing your kids? Who is influencing you? If you go back to King David's story, his son Omnan, and, and, and you, you know what he did. The thing is, a lot of people know what he did. He pretended to be sick, and then he asked Tamar, his half-sister, to cook him a meal in his room. And then when, he went to, when she went to give him the meal, he forced himself on her. He grabbed her, forced himself on her, and then raped her. So every, everybody knows this sad story. But what a lot of people, a lot of us miss is that this was, not, this was not his idea. This was not his plan. This was his cousin. He had a cousin called Jonadab, and that was his idea. What an influence in his life. Imagine if that didn't happen. Imagine if that relationship was either dialed down or not there at all. Maybe things would be different. Maybe things would be different. So who is influencing your kids? Again, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Remember that your kids are watching too. Be aware of how you relate to people. Be aware of, of how you, you, you talk to people. They mimic your behavior. The tone of voice, the way you handle situations in your life, the way you talk about your spouse, the way you talk to your spouse, the way you talk about your boss, the way you talk to your boss, the way you talk with people in, in, in places of authority. You know, let's say you, you get a ticket, you roll down the window, the kids are in the back, and you're, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, no, sir, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, yeah, I promise I won't do it again, yes, sir, thank you. Window goes up, then what happens? Mm. Then what happens? What do you say? How do you behave? Remember that your kids are watching. We got to model the right thing, and we got to model the right repentance as well. If I, I want my kids to take ownership from when they make mistakes. That's not a sign of, 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 of weakness. That's a sign of, of maturity. I want them to make sure that, I want to make sure that they do that. And therefore, I need to do that. I need to model it to them. Because again, they follow after me. Even if, even if they think that, you know, eventually they can grow to think that, you know, I'm a doofus, that I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not cool as, as their friends are, whatever. But at the end of the day, Always, I will always be the primary model for them. So if you are in the stage of life like that right now, I encourage you to just keep steady. Do the right thing. Don't, don't give up. Because at the end of the day, you are their primary model. And they will model after you. And I remember just recently just having, a, having a, a, you know, a little discussion uh, with my wife, Sarah. And I'm not going to go into details on who was right and who was wrong. Um, <laughs> But, you know, having a little discussion, it got a little, I got a little heated, and I was speaking a little louder than, than perhaps I'm supposed to. And, and I realized that the kids are in the car, and then I stopped. And we got home, kids put the kids to bed, and I was still frustrated, and, and so was she. And then we kind of worked things out. Now, the next day, you know, I, I, I got Lucas on my lap, and I said, Lucas, Daddy needs to talk to you about something. Daddy needs to apologize to you about something. Before I said anything... He looked at me and he said, is it because of the way that you talked to mommy last night? They're watching. They're watching. 
we got to model the right thing. So be active, not passive in their lives. Focus on the relationships in their lives in those three major categories. And then lastly, don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. These principles are best used, best applied in the context of relationships. You got to get around people that can help you with that because there are many things that you can't see. I don't care how smart you are. There are many things you cannot see. Get around people that can help you. Find a small group. That's why we, we have small groups that connect. So important. Find small groups that will help you with whatever it is that you're going through. If it's parenting, we have a parenting on purpose small group. It's a great small group for you to be a part of. Not too late for you to get in. If it's marriage, we have marriage small groups. If it's finances, we have finances small group. The point is, get connected. Get connected. You cannot do it alone. How do we do that? We invite others into our lives. You know, a few months ago, I saw something on Facebook that really kind of got me worked up. You know, I saw somebody posting a, a, a parenting comment, you know, like, you know, just kind of venting a little bit. You know, it's so hard and this, this, and that. And then a, a lot of other people just came and, and into that post, whatever, thread. And, and they started to offer, you know, words of encouragement, words of advice, and this, this, and that. And, and then somebody shows up in the, in the scene and, and then posting, do you, ask, do, do you guys keep asking yourselves for advice or, or do you read the book of Proverbs and try, and try to apply it? And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It was like me saying, saying like, ooh, there's a new game called Bible Darts. Oh, I'm, I can play this all day long. And you know, I almost posted a few things, but my wife didn't let me. <laughs> but the thing is, the thing is, the Bible says, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. It also says, in another part of the Bible, by the way, in another uh, chapter and verse, it says, Refuse good advice and watch your plans fail. But take good counsel and watch them succeed. The interesting thing about it is that these two verses are in Proverbs. <laughs> you know? I was like, maybe you should read Proverbs, buddy. <laughs> plans go wrong for lack of advice, but many advisors bring success. So be connected. Get connected. Invite people. Uh, into your into your life amen and most importantly the last point is invite god invite god bible says in james 1 5 if any of you lack lacks uh, wisdom you should ask of god who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you invite god in the process i use this verse daily because i need wisdom daily I find myself very often in situations that I'm way over my head, whether it's with my kids or with anyone else. I just ask God because I'm not that smart. I ask God because I need your wisdom, God. But the Bible says that if you ask God, he will give it to you generously, generously, above and beyond what you need. So let's remember to be active in our kids' lives. Let's remember to be active in the people that we mentor. Be active in the lives of, uh, of the next generation. Let's parent with the future as in, as in our focus. Let's remember to let our parents be active in our lives as well. Let's focus on building and strengthening relationships. And let's apply what we learn with the help of our spiritual family right here. And then ultimately the help of God. Can we stand on our feet?
if this is touching your heart and you think that yeah you can do a better a better job at parenting if you think you failed before and sometimes you just feel like a failure that's a lie of the enemy you're not a failure like Jason said last week failure is just an event it's not a person every time we fail God, God wants us to learn something from it that's why he allows it but the devil wants to earn the devil wants us to earn a label a label of failure but that's a lie if you're here today and you want to be a better parent you want to be a better friend you want to be a better mentor to the people that are coming after you just raise your hand as a sign of submission to God hands all over the room myself included you can put your hand down now maybe you're here today and and, and really want to but you, you want to be a better parent but you need you need more yes we want to get our kids connected to God in that key most important relationship but in order for us to be able to do that effectively we need to do that ourselves if you haven't done that yet if you haven't established a relationship with God, if you haven't accepted Christ Jesus as your Savior before, and you want to make that decision right now, boldly, just between me, you, and God, and nobody, nobody's watching, everybody has their head bowed and eyes closed, just between me and you and God, just raise your hand. One, two, three, go. Raise your hand. You can do that online as well, online or on TV. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Praise the Lord. I see that hand there too. All right, church. Just say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I need you. I invite you into my heart from this day forward. I surrender my will, my desires, my intellect, my intellect to you, to you. And, I you and I ask you that you guide me, you guide me from, here on out. from here on out I thank you, I thank you for your sacrifice, for your sacrifice on, the on the cross that made me, that made me righteous, before God. righteous before God help me, help me to, lead to lead the next generation, next generation. Help, me help me to focus, to focus. on the future I thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. And now I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name. Father God, thank you, Lord. I pray that you seal this prayer in heaven. Lord, I thank you for everyone that is here today. God, give us the encouragement. Give us the strength and the clarity and the peace of mind, God, as we leave here today, Lord. Not to, not to feel condemned about how we've been parenting God, but to feel encouraged. To, to, to go home, Lord, and just love on our kids and just uh, display what you want us to display to them, Lord, the love of God. God, help us to be better parents, God. Help us to, to focus on the future, Lord, and, and just to raise kids that are champions for you in this crazy world that we live in today. I pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody said a big amen. 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 Come on, let's give God a big hand.